Chapter 16 The Last Days of Joash Early Promise Not Realized Joash had given his heart to Jehoiada, but perhaps he never gave it to Jehovah. It is very easy to be outwardly religious by giving your heart to your mother, or your father, or your aunt, or your uncle, or some good person who helps you to do what is right. You are doing all this out of love to them, which is at best only a very secondary motive. God says, My son, give me thine heart. Proverbs 23, 26. If you follow your religion to please any creature, it is not the religion that pleases the Creator. Your devotion is not due to anyone here below, but to Him who sitteth in the heavens, whose kingdom ruleth over all. Psalm 2, 4, 103, 19. People can give in to godly influences without any personal vital godliness whatsoever. You may meet with God's people, yet not be one of God's people. You may give attention to God's servant, yet not be yourself God's servant. A young man may adhere to his mother's advice, yet never really be repentant because of his sin. He may listen to his father's word and pay respect to the externals of his father's religion, yet never have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. You must repent yourself, and you must believe in Christ yourself, or else all the rest will aggravate your sin by increasing your responsibility, but it will not go even a hair's breadth toward your salvation. I want everyone to examine himself to see whether his religion gives life to his own soul. Have you been born again? I'm not now asking about your mother or father or friends, but about you. Have you been born again? Are you now condemned under sin, or are you justified by faith in Jesus Christ? There can be no substitutes or representatives here, but every person must give account for himself to God. Each man and each woman must come to the Savior personally and accept Him and be saved by Him, or else eternal ruin is certain. I also believe that a character like that of Joash, a pliant character, an externally pious character, may even prevent people from being saved at all. You may take it for granted that you are saved, but you must not take anything for granted between God and your soul. I direct you to make certain work here. Take your wealth for granted, if you want to, and take the title deeds of your estate for granted, if you please. But between God and your soul, let everything be settled, straight, clear, and sure, and have no mistakes about this matter. It is so easy to have been under religious influence from our youth up, and then to go on year after year never having raised the question whether we are true Christians or not, saying to ourselves, Of course it's all right. You will be much nearer the truth if you say, Of course it's all wrong. You will be much more likely to come to an honest conclusion if you instead suspect yourself too much than believe in yourself too much. In speaking like this, I am sure that I am giving you sound teaching. After all, to be under godly influences year after year, without any great trial or temptation, may leave the personal character entirely undeveloped. Some people put children under restraint continually, never allowing them to have any sort of temptation. It is sometimes so with children in large institutions. They don't have any money, and they cannot steal any because there's no one else who has any. They are kept completely out of the world, they live only among their own company, 
and there is very much of prayer and everything that is good. Often then, when they go out into the world, those who have trained them are completely disappointed with them, yet they need not very much wonder. If a person on dry land thinks he can swim, it's not certain that he will swim when he gets into the sea. We must have some kind of test, or else we cannot be sure of the character. We cannot know whether a child is honest or not if he never has any chance to take that which is not his own. You can't be sure about principle being in any young man if he has been kept under a glass case, and if his principles have never been tested. That was the condition of Joash. The real character of the man had never come out at all because Jehoiada, as it were, covered him. He was guided and influenced by the high priest, but his own character only needed an opportunity of developing itself. I have heard of an officer in India who had raised a young leopard. It was completely tamed. Apparently it was as tame as a cat, and the officer had no fear of his leopard. It went up and down the stairs and entered into every room of his house. He never suspected for a single moment that it would be guilty of shedding blood. But while he was asleep in his chair one afternoon, the leopard licked his hand in all tenderness as a cat might have done. After licking for a while, it licked too hard, and a little blood began to flow. It no sooner tasted blood than the old leopard's spirit was up, and his master was his master no more. The same kind of thing happens to many people who, by being shut in and tamed, as it were, but not changed, subdued but not renewed, kept in check but not converted. There has come a time later when the taste of blood has called out the old nature, and away the man has gone. You would never have thought that he could act as he did, but he did so because he didn't have a new nature. It was human nature held in check for a while, but it was not the Spirit of God creating a new life and infusing a new character into the soul. Do you see where I'm going? I'm speaking to those who have not passed from death unto life, 1 John 3.14, to you who have never been renewed in the spirit of your mind, Ephesians 4.23. I ask you not to imagine that natural religion is spiritual religion. Don't mistake the lessons learned at your mother's knee for the teachings of the Holy Spirit. Don't confuse a change with the change. Don't think that anything that can come to you by your first birth can help your situation without a second birth. Ye must be born again, John 3, 7, or else, even though you spent the first six years of your life in the house of God, and although you began under the most sacred influences, you only need an opportunity, a temptation, or a specific stress laid upon you, and you will go wherever the old nature carries you. You will find out for yourself, and to the horror of others, that all your early training had produced nothing, because it stopped short of the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We like young people to be obedient. We are very glad to work with those moldable characters who are easily shaped, but at the same time we should never be too sure about them. A person with grit in his character, if really affected by the grace of God, may turn out to be a far better man than your too adaptable, pliable character. How many people we know who are very good, but there is nothing in them at all? We have known some others who were dreadfully hard to manage and to get at, 
But when at last the change has been worked by divine grace, that very stubbornness and persistence of theirs, when sanctified, has given strength to their character, and instead of being a drawback, it has been a benefit. This young Joash was exceedingly pliant in the hand of Jehoiada, but now Jehoiada was dead. Other counselors came and flattered him. Scripture. Now, after the death of Jehoiada, came the princes of Judah and made obeisance to the king. Second Chronicles twenty-four seventeen. Can you not picture those gentlemen coming to Joash and bowing and scraping a hundred times before they get up to him? They made obeisance to the king. Jehoiada had not often made such obeisance to him. He had treated him with due respect as his king, but he had also spoken to him honestly and faithfully. Joash had somebody to look up to while Jehoiada lived, and now he found himself a great man with everybody looking up to him. The princes of Judah, the fashionable part of the realm, the respectable people who had never been worshippers of Jehovah, but who had always preferred the more mystical, ritualistic, and sensuous service of Baal, the philosophical god, came and bowed and made obeisance to the king. I think I can hear what they said. Royal sir, we congratulate you upon being released from being directed by others. Now you can think for yourself. It's a fine thing for a young man to be delivered from the power of his old uncle. He was undoubtedly a very excellent person. We were present at his funeral, and we paid him all due respect, but still, he was a regular old fossil, one who had never made any progress at all. He clung to the worship of Jehovah and served the God of his fathers. Royal sir, we congratulate you in regard to the liberty that you have attained. Besides that, we fear that you have been considerably controlled by the priests. Jehoiada was a priest, and of course you respected and venerated his character, but you could not indulge yourself as long as he lived. We have always had high thoughts of you, royal sir. We always believed that you would break out one of these days, and now that the good man is laid asleep, we are sure that you will not let his dead hand rest upon you, but you will wake up, be mindful of the age, and keep up with the spirit of the times. You know how they do it. It's always being done, this pouring of drops of poison into the ear, these soft, subtle flatteries. Even when a man has reached Joash's age, he's not beyond the power of flattery. I wonder how old a man would be when he would be too old to love flattery. Of course, he always likes to be told, Ah, dear sir, I know that you could not bear flattery, being at that moment more highly flattered than at any other time in his life. That is what these princes of Judah did. And poor Joash, good Joash, Joash who repaired the temple, Joash who was even more intensely earnest than Jehoiada himself, was led astray by the soft words of the deceivers, and we find him burying his religion with his uncle. He buried all his piety in Jehoiada's grave. Some people I have known, and over whom I have wept, have acted in the same way. After that, Joash went off to sin. The images that he had broken down were set up again. The groves that he had cut down were planted again. He who seemed to be such a zealous servant of Jehovah had now become a worshipper of the abominable Ashtaroth, and bowed before the accursed Balaam. Oh, sad, sad, sad wickedness this is! There was a lack of principle in Joash, and I want to warn all people about this. Don't be satisfied with the practice of piety without the principles of piety.
It's not enough to have a correct creed. You must have a renewed heart. It is not sufficient to have an ornate ritual. You must have a holy life, and to be holy, you must be renewed by the Holy Spirit. If this change is not brought about in you by the Holy Spirit, you who yield so easily to good will yield just as quickly to evil. What happened next? Joash refused reproof. God sent prophets to the people, and they came and warned them, testifying against the idolaters, but they would not give ear. 2 Chronicles 24 19. This Joash, who had spent his first six years in the temple, would not now give ear to the Lord's prophets. He had always been ready to listen to Jehoiada, but now he would not give ear. He was a tremendous zealot for repairing the temple, with the most costly architecture, and gold and silver without limit, but now he will not give heed to God's servants at all. They may speak with all their heart and soul, but he is as the deaf adder that will not hear the voice of the charmer no matter how wisely he charms. He was once your good young man, your pious young man. Oh, how London has often sifted too many like Joash! I remember many whose story was like this. They had been to the house of God always. They were brought up where there was a family altar in the house. Everybody considered them to be Christians. Then they went to London or another big city. At first they went where their father exhorted them to go, to some humble place where the gospel was preached, but after a time they thought it was not wrong to go on Sunday to see one of the more showy religious places. Having done that, they went to some showy place that was not religious. They worked so hard all week that they thought they must go out a little into the fresh air on Sunday. Then they found companions who led them little by little from the path of integrity and chastity until the good young man was as wicked and immoral as any on the streets of London, and he who seemed to be a saint became not only a sinner, but the maker of sinners. What did Joash do next? He slew his friend's son. 2 Chronicles 24:22. Old Jehoiada's son, Zechariah, one of those who had helped to put the crown upon young Joash's head, was at last moved to speak out in the midst of a temple service to the people, as he had a right to do. He began to upbraid them for turning aside from Jehovah to the worship of the foul idol gods. See now that the tiger's blood is up. Joash tells them to kill him. How dare Zechariah testify against his king! It's true that he is the son of his best friend. He is his own cousin. He is one who helped him to ascend the throne. But what does all that matter to this once good young man? The milk of human kindness is soured now. The oil that was so soft burns fiercely once it takes fire. Let Zechariah die, kill him in the temple, splatter the sacred altar with his blood, stone him, he has dared to speak against me. See how hard and coarse and rough your soft clay has become? I have seen this change come over people. I believe that the worst persecutors in the world are generally made of those who once were tender and soft-hearted. Nero would at first hardly sign the death warrant of a criminal, yet he went on to delight in mass murder. When the son of perdition was desired to betray his lord, John 17, 12, 
the raw material of the traitor was found in an apostle. You cannot make an out-and-out bad man except from one who seems to be good. You must take the man who has been six years in a temple, the man who has done that which is right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada, to make such a devil as Joash turned out to be when he killed the son of his benefactor in the court of the house of the Lord. I could look steadily in the face of some people, and in the spirit of prophecy I could burst out into tears to think of what they will yet be, what they will yet do, and what they will yet say. Perhaps you ask, Is thy servant a dog that he should do this thing? 2 Kings 8.13. O sir, you are worse than a dog. There lurks within you a heart deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17.9. O that you did know it, and would turn to God and say, O Lord, renew me. Lord, make a new creature of me. Lord, save me so that I may never do such things that now, today, I think it impossible that I would ever do. Joash, who was perishing, miserable, and having no faith in God, robbed the temple, and gave all the gold and treasures unto Hazael, the Syrian. Personally, he was full of disease, and in time, his own servants, disgusted with him for his conduct towards Jehoiada's son, slew him on his bed. What a death for the young man who was six years hidden away in the house of the Lord! Oh, if I could tell some of you what will become of you, you would be so angry with me! If I could prophesy to some good young fellow, I mean outwardly good, as Joash was at first, but without a new heart and without the grace of God in his soul, if I could prophesy to him what he will be, he would spit in my face in indignation that I would dare to foretell such a thing. There is not a man or woman who is safe from the most abominable sin until they surrender themselves to Christ. There is not one who is sure that the deepest damnation of hell will not be your portion unless you come and commit your soul into the hands of Jesus, who is a faithful keeper of those who put their trust in Him. Can there be a Character Insurance Society? There can be no such society formed by men that can insure our character, yet God has formed one. Scripture? The righteous also shall hold on his way, and he that hath clean hands shall be stronger and stronger. Job 17, 9. The Lord will keep him and preserve him from evil, for the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Proverbs 4.18. I do advise you, by the living God, my hopeful young friend, to surrender yourself to Jesus Christ and to seek His guardian care, lest the fair blossom of today never brings forth fruit, but ends in disappointment.